Welcome back to Studio Stories. I'm your host, Christy Burrington, and today we chat with Laura Solman on her experience of baby loss. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Let's start with a little bit about yourself and your background. Hi, my name is Laura, um, and I live with my husband, Mark. Um, I'm a full-time working mum. I work for a neurology charity and we're based in Fulham. I have two children here with me. Um, Their names are Ava and Ethan and I have one baby in heaven whose name is Aidan. Um, Ava is 10 um, and Ethan is just about to turn 7. We all live in Fulham. Did you always want a big family? Was that always in the pipeline for you? Yeah. I always wanted uh, probably like three or four children. Um, that was always something that, um, you know, I knew I wanted a family. Um, and uh, I was, you know, I wasn't young when I had children. I was in my early 30s. Um, and, um, yeah, it was always something that, you know, my husband and I wanted to do. Um, and we thought that, you know, we'd probably have maybe three or four children. Um, having Ava kind of changed our world, really. Um, we've always both been really independent people and we've always been very sociable people and having a baby just turns everything upside down, doesn't it, um, in the loveliest way. Um, Ava, um, when she was a baby, she suffered uh, terribly with gastric reflux, so her sleep was really disturbed um, for quite a long time when she was a baby. So um, we had a tough time with her um, when she was born, and she was also born by an emergency cesarean. Um, but she was well, and, and we enjoyed being parents. Um, uh, it was all just such a massive change for us. But um, we knew we wanted more children, and we are always um, going to expand our family. During a little chat we had prior to recording this, you shared with us your second baby, Aiden, who'd now be eight years old, died shortly after being born. When were you first aware of something being not quite right? Yeah, um, with Ava, um, I had to have a C-section. Um, it was all very last minute. Um, I suffer with um, uh, a mild form of spina bifida, which has given me a club foot, which is basically a deformity of my of my foot. I've been that way since birth and I've had about nine operations on it. So I have a pelvic tilt and lots of problems with my back and stuff. So we were never really sure if the C-section with Ava was because of those um, issues. But when I fell pregnant for Aidan, um, they encouraged me to have, um, you know, to try again uh, naturally and not have a C-section. Um, with with both pregnancies, I suffered really badly with um, something called SPD. Um, and it's basically where all the muscles and everything relax around your pelvis um, and it causes really bad pain. Um, during pregnancy and obviously the heavier you get the worse that kind of pain becomes but with Aidan my my pregnancy was pretty uneventful really apart from this 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 really bad pain Um, and you know we were kind of always looking for had some physio we were always looking for things that we could do to help relieve it Um, and basically um, towards the end it, it got really bad and I was having to use crutches and I just couldn't move around um, very much, really. 
Um, so I attended an outpatient's appointment and um, they decided that they were going to um, give me a, a sweep of my cervix um, to help try and bring on the labour. Um, so that's what they did and later that evening I went into labour with Aidan and came back to the hospital um, and I felt like I was really coping um, quite well with the pain. Uh, I've, I've got a pretty high pain threshold. I'd already been through quite an extensive labour with Ava before I had to have the caesarean. So I knew what, what to expect and and I guess I was, you know, I, I felt like I was coping quite well and I, I decided to have some pethidine because, you know, pain was kind of increasing a bit. I was walking around. Um, I was with my husband, Mark, um, and my cousin, Lauren, was with us too. They were, they were to be my birthing partners. Um, and, I, you know, I felt like I was doing well. I had the pethidine um, and that really helped. Um, everything seemed to be going okay. Um, but then, just kind of quite suddenly, I began to feel quite unwell. I knew something wasn't right. Something just didn't feel the same. Um, the pains felt different. Um, I felt I felt really, really unwell. And I was moved very quickly to the labour ward um, where, you know, they were preparing me. I guess, they, you know, I was going into sort of stronger labour. And it was when I arrived there that I felt this... I can only describe it as like a big pop or a tear or something in my abdomen that didn't feel right. Um, but I guess the, the, the staff that were there at the time, they felt that it was my waters that had broken, but it didn't feel like that. Um, it just felt so, so different. Can you share with us what happened next? So um, after I was moved into the delivery room um, and I felt this horrendous kind of feeling in my stomach a pop or a tear or something um, I was in quite a bit of pain um, and it was felt kind of uncontrollable really I, I felt like if I could just describe it I felt like I was out of my mind I guess with with this pain um, but the midwives kept reassuring me that it was just labour and you know I, I had to kind of learn to deal with the pain and I was asking for an epidural um, and that kind of whole section feels really blurry to me in some way. Some parts of it are really vivid um, and, you know, it felt like a really, really long space of time. Um, and it, But yet in reality, I guess, you know, it, it wasn't as, as long as I thought. But it felt like forever um, and I was in a lot of pain and I was kind of screaming out um, and they kept losing um, Aidan's heartbeat. Um, and they, the, the anaesthetist who was looking after me, she was really concerned. And she kept, you know, saying to them, we need to get, um, you know, my right monitoring on her. And we need, she needs to get, you know, we need to do something because she's not coping here. Um, and we were just waiting for doctors to come in. And they decided they were going to do a scan. Um, and then the scanning machine was broken, um, so they couldn't do that. And all of this time, um, I wasn't really being monitored properly. And when I did get some monitoring on, Aidan's heartbeat was really low. Um, and uh, it was they were quite worried. So they eventually um, decided to rush me into theatre for an emergency caesarean, a grade one caesarean, which, as I understand, is the most serious you can have. 
I went into theatre um, and it didn't happen straight away. Um, they kept sort of turning me from side to side and then they said they'd found a heartbeat. Um, so I felt a bit relieved and I felt that, um, you know, thankfully, hopefully the baby was OK. But um, we later discovered that actually that was my heartbeat and not, um, not Aidan's. Um, so when they couldn't find the heartbeat again, um, eventually after spending some time in theatre, I ha had um, an emergency caesarean and um, Aidan was born uh, unresponsive. Um, so then uh, the, the team came in, the neonatal team were there um, and they managed to resuscitate him, but um, it took a long time, around sort of 20 minutes or so. Um, in the meantime, I was being looked after because what they had discovered was that my um, my uterus had ruptured and Aidan had fallen into my abdomen um, and had been there probably in excess of around 20 minutes, 30 minutes prior to him being born. So he'd been starved massively of oxygen um, and was really, really poorly. Um, and he was taken to uh, neonatal intensive care um, and then I was being looked after because obviously I'd lost some blood um, and I was pretty unwell. Um, and then we, my husband was called by the doctors um, and we were basically told that he had been starved of oxygen for um, too long a time and that um, his brain was dead um, and they would advise us to um, turn off his life support machine, which we did uh, a few hours later that day. Was such a traumatic thing happening to you and your family? Did you seek support? And if so, what support did you find helped you the most personally? Gosh, yes, it was a, you know, a really traumatic experience. Um, I always describe it as indescribable because it really is. It's really hard to, um, to put it into words to other people, kind of how you feel, the emotions that you go through, what, what runs through your mind, um, you know, what, what's going to happen next, where are we now, you know, oh, there's just so many questions and so much information to take in. Um, we were very lucky because we have a really supportive family and Mark um, was so lucky on the day to have my cousin Lauren with him because she was a, you know, she was a massive support to him on the day. Um, so he he was lucky there and we you know we're so lucky that we've got such great family and friends and you know everybody rallied round to to support us um and you know that was i think probably the most um the, the thing you need the most you know is to be surrounded by people that are there for you that that want to help um obviously we had Ava so we needed practical help as well as you know, help with what do we do next? Where do we go next? How does this work? I was still poorly. So Mark, um, you know, had to take on a lot. Um, and, it, and it was really difficult because I think um, as a family, you know, it's, it's not what you expected, is it? You, you know, you expect to come home from hospital with your newborn baby and, you know, introduce him to his sister and, and get on with the rest of your life. But it doesn't work like that. And I, and I always remember thinking it's not just about that time, that moment, that, that experience. It's about all of the other things that you had planned. 
you know, you had a whole life planned out for this baby, you know. It wasn't just about that moment, it was about them going to school and making friends and what kind of person would they be, what, you know, what would they grow up um, to be like, um, and all of these things that you'll have to kind of learn to deal with um, in day-to-day life, I guess. Um, we, we had, as, as I say, great support from family and from friends, and my husband was fantastic. Um, but we sought support from SANS, um, who were brilliant um, and kind of helped us through the next steps and, and, you know, introduced us to other parents who have been in similar situations. And what was really helpful about that, I think, is seeing people at the different stages. So seeing people at our stage, um, seeing people um, a little bit further down the line to see how things may, you know, turn out for us. Um, I, I got a lot of support online as well um, because I found in those really early days, um, night time, my mind would um, just, uh, you know, just sort of spring open, I guess. And when family and friends had left and, you know, Mark was trying to get some sleep because he was coping with Ava and everything else, that was when I came, I came alive and I would start searching things. I would spend hours on the internet, I would be looking for other people that had been through a similar circumstance and I guess that, um, you know, and I wanted to find other people that could tell me that things were going to be okay and that, you know, eventually we would sort of come out the other side of this and as I say, SANS were were brilliant um, and the support groups were really helpful um, and the befrienders, you know, of talking to somebody over the phone when you don't feel strong enough to do it kind of, you know, face to face. So that was really helpful. Um, and I guess just trying to put one foot in front of the other and take each day as it comes. And, you know, uh, uh, you're so hard on yourself, I think, at that time because, you you know, you, you, all kinds of things are running through your mind. Um and the days do feel really dark and you can't see the kind of the light there, which, you know, comes eventually. But in those in those early days, it, it was really, really tough. You said to me losing your boy has changed how you look at life. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I take nothing for granted um, anymore. Uh, every day is precious. Um, you know, nothing is more important than your your health, your love and happiness and the health of your children. Um, you know, life can change in the kind of, in an instant, really. And um, so, yeah, just to take nothing for granted, um, always treasure and treasure everything. You know, every, every day, every moment is precious um, and just if you keep that kind of at the back of your mind, I guess that's what I always try to think about, even when, you know, not every day is a good day. And, you know, I I am, you know, Aidan would have been, uh, would have turned eight this March. And and still, you know, I have good and bad days. It's it's just part of it, I think. And I always say to any other people I've spoken to is that, you know, it's... um, you know, not to be too hard on yourself and that even though uh, you might be further down the line, you will have ups and downs and that's not, um, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's not, uh, you know, a reflection of that you're not coping with something or you're not getting over it. I don't think you ever get over it. I think what you do is you learn 
to live with it. It le- You learn for it to become part of your life. Um, and I think that we have dealt with it in that way because we have always included Aidan as part of our family. Our friends and our family, they do the same. So we speak about him a lot. He's part of our lives. We celebrate his birthday. We have cake. We have, you know, all the children get together. And we, we, we still, you know, feel that he's with us and he's part of us. And I think that's massively what's helped us get, get through this, um, for sure. The following year, you welcomed little Ethan, your rainbow baby and baby brother to Ava and Aidan. What were your initial thoughts after falling pregnant after Aidan? Yeah, uh, the following year, um, uh, I guess uh, after losing Aidan, we we knew we wanted another baby. Um, And actually, um, what was quite interesting is that that yearning was there pretty early on, after losing Aidan and I, I used to feel guilty for it at the time because I thought that it was um, that people would see it that I was replacing him in some way when that would, couldn't have been any further from the truth because nothing could have replaced him I guess I was just I was missing what 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 we thought we were going to get you know we, we wanted a baby we wanted that experience we wanted um, another child to you know complete our family and uh, I guess when, when that, that didn't happen, um, it just became something that we both really wanted. We wanted to be ready physically and mentally, of course. But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, if I do this in a year's time or in five years' time, I'm still going to feel worried. I'm still going to be nervous. It's still going to be um, a difficult pregnancy. Um, so I think it was around just under seven months later... Um, and we were we found out we were pregnant for Ethan. Um, we didn't know we were having another little boy at the time, and we didn't want to find out we hadn't with any of the others, so we didn't want to with him. My initial thoughts were um, I was relieved, I was happy because I, I didn't know if we were if it was able to happen again, or we, we were able to be lucky enough to to have another baby. Um, but I did feel guilt. I did feel guilt. Um, and I felt that other people would, you know, would not understand why we were having another baby again so shortly after. Um, and it's a really difficult thing to explain to people that haven't been through it because, you know, it's, it, it is a, a personal experience and it's a personal feeling. Um, and, yeah, I was nervous, I was worried, I was anxious. Um, and, you know, we had lots of hospital appointments and we were taken um, very well care of. So, you know, that, that helped. Um, and I, I decided at the beginning that I was going to do things to help my mental health through the pregnancy. Um, I did some pregnancy yoga. Um, I tried to kind of relax as much as possible. Obviously, for me, my pregnancy with Aidan, pain and 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 trauma and stuff like that was a big part of my labour with him and big part of where everything went wrong. Um, so pain was a big thing for me in the pregnancy with Ethan. If I if I got a twinge or I got you know anything, I, I was panicking and I, I and I I felt like I was going to spend more time at the hospital than was necessary because of this anxiety. Um, 
So I decided that I was going to kind of have a benchmark in my mind. So I would, if I got a pain and I sat down or I lied down and I rested and the pain subsided, then I considered that 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 was okay. If the pain persisted or anything else happened that wasn't, to me, didn't feel normal, then I would go in and get myself um, checked. Um, And I I did that um, a few times. Um, I just tried to keep myself really calm and focus on me and the baby and my family um, and just do the best I could to get through those 10 months. Um, But we were so desperate, I guess, for the pregnancy to be over that I'm not going to say we enjoyed it because I don't think we really did. I think we were so worried. um, And so, you know, every day, every week, every milestone that you passed you felt a little bit more relief, but you didn't want to give in to the feeling that this might actually really happen this time. You might actually come home with your baby. Did you experience any issues throughout the pregnancy or birth of Ethan? Did I experience any? I, 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 no, I didn't really have um, any issues in my pregnancy with um, with Ethan, thankfully. Um, I, I, I felt that... Um, you know we had quite an uneventful pregnancy again there was a couple of um incidents where I found myself at the hospital maybe I felt like he wasn't moving as much or um uh and I think it was I think it was to be honest mainly in my own head um rather than an actual thing that was happening um but I didn't really have any issues thankfully um everything went as well as it should um and we scheduled his C-section for 37 weeks because it had to be before I ruptured um, with with Aidan. So we scheduled his C-section for 37 weeks um, and he was born very safely um, by planned caesarean um, and my husband and I were, were delighted. We had another boy. I, I kind of knew all the way along that it was going to be a boy. I don't know why, but uh, I had this feeling that um, it was going to be. Um, he was a big boy and he was um, very healthy and he didn't need any assistance when he was born. And uh, a couple of days later, we were home safe and sound. For other parents out there who can relate to what you have experienced, can you share anything that helped you that you think would help them? Um, I would say that the, 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 the main thing um, that has really helped me um, uh, I think is talking. Um, just talk and share your feelings, share your experiences, you know, share, you know, how, don't be afraid to say how you're feeling because I think that, you know, everybody, they want to help, they want to understand. And I know that, you know, it, it, sometimes it's difficult for, for other people to really grasp what it feels like. But, I would say, yeah, just don't bottle things up. Um, talk about about your your experience. Talk about your baby because you know um, they were here. They were part of your life, um, and that that will never change. Um, we we got as much help as we could. Um, you know, we went to lots of counselling together as a couple and um, and individually, um, and we really kind of. You know, we 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 worked at 
sort of talking through our feelings and how we felt and how it had made us, you know, the changes in us as people. Um, and I think we, you know, in the long term, that that was just of massive help to us both, I think. Um, I don't think that we could have got through it without talking and and the help of our friends and family and of Sans. Um and and just yeah, not to you know, it's difficult. You you discover over time that men and women grieve differently. Um, you will grieve as a couple at different times. Um and you know, that's okay. It's okay to do you know, to do that to um it's okay to 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 do things differently and feel things differently and you mustn't be afraid of that. And finally, what is the main mantra you live your life by and why? Yeah, I I remember reading um, a couple of quotes, actually, that have um, stayed with me um, over the time. And one that I found um, is this. It is understood that the beauty of a rainbow does not negate the ravages of any storm. When a rainbow appears, it does not mean that the storm never happened or that we are not still dealing with its aftermath. It means that something beautiful and full of light has appeared in the midst of the darkness and clouds. Storm clouds may still hover, but the rainbow provides a counterbalance of colour, energy and hope. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to leave us a review. 